Hello and welcome to the 150th episode, how about that you guys, of the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. Y'all, not only is it our 150th episode, thanks be to God. Uh, Truly. It is also week one of our series on the book of Hebrews. We have been looking to this series as we completed Leviticus last week, and I'm so excited to begin this series with the guest that we have today. His name is John Anwichekwa, and Amanda and I hung up with him a minute ago, and we just couldn't believe what a beautiful episode that was and what a, just a beautiful soul. I mean, yes. just so wise and amazing. So a little bit about John. He is an Atlanta-based pastor. He's an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker. He is one of the founding pastors at Cornerstone Church, and he's also the co-founder of Portrait Coffee. Both of these are in the historic West End of Atlanta. He does both of these things with the goal of restoring a sense of family, dignity, and hope to their neighborhood. I think that is Amen. incredibly beautiful, and you will see and hear that from him through this whole episode. Y'all, the book of Hebrews. I don't even have to know where to begin because let's just get right to it. Let's go. Okay, John, welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. I am pumped to have you here because we're starting a new series. Okay. But also, I like we've been on air with each other before we hit record for like 10 minutes tops, and I'm already excited and encouraged. I was trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who had read no other books of the Bible and right. was opening the book of Hebrews for the first time. Yeah. And just going like, like this doesn't make a ton of sense. Or right. like maybe it makes some sense, but like it's pretty difficult to understand. And then I put myself in the shoes of like the she's and he's in our community who have just read the book of Leviticus, how colorful it's going to be for them to have that context. Absolutely. And then I was thinking about what must it have been like for the original audience to read this letter? Yes. Because they were in the sacrificial system. Like they were in it. They They had a priest, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It must have blown their minds and just... uh, So, you know, I mean, there are many folks, it's like, even as you read the book, it doesn't just read like an Ephesians, right? It reads like a sermon. And so you've got this group of folks who really like don't need to just be instructed, but need to be exhorted. Like, all right, yeah, Mm. yeah, I don't just need to tell you what to do. I need to inspire you and show you why it's important and remind you that, oh, no, 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 wait a minute. There is relief. There is rest. I know you're focused on obligations. I know you're trying to find relief somewhere, but I want you to know, no, no, no. All the relief that you need has already been brought to you, right? You don't have to run that treadmill for it. Yeah. And at the same time, there's so much urgency in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Where I want us to get into that eventually, like Mm. just kind of talking about that juxtaposition because- It's like you're talking about those encouragements of like, this work is finished. Right. Yeah. Right. And also, warning. (laughs) Right. Right. Hang on. And so, yeah. yeah, So I'm excited about that. We want to set up the book a little bit for our listeners who are going to be opening it for the first time today or for maybe not the first time, but our community is opening it today and starting this series. And I want to just read the key verse because we don't get to these key verses until chapter 12, so toward the end of the book, right? But I think it gives us a good picture of what we're in for with this book. And it's Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. the pioneer and perfecter <laughs> of our faith. Yeah. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah. And so those of us who did Amen. read Leviticus, you're already hearing that, and he sat down. Right. And you know that's a big deal because there wasn't, there's no chair in the tabernacle right. yeah. in right. the temple. Right, right, right. <laughs> that priest can't sit down because his work doesn't end. Right, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's where we're going. Oh, yeah. Lord. And I'm excited to get there. Same. 
uh, what I love about that, just by way of a little story, because I do, I've got a five-year-old and it's so fun to like teach her how to <laughs> do things. So we're in the uh-huh. bike riding phase, right? And, oh, uh, fun. There was scary, but fun. <laughs> there was this point, maybe about a year ago. So, you know, we teach her to ride a bike. She's got this little frozen bike with Elsa and streamers on the side. Absolutely. Perfect. She's learning how to ride with these training wheels and... We told her, like, yo, sweetheart, you've got a pedal, you've got a pedal, you got a pedal. And so she would ride, but her eyes would be down on her feet. And she would look at the way that, like, how hard she was pedaling. And when she looked at her work and spent her time on her work, she'd veer off and she'd crash and crash and crash. So me, oh. as a good dad and pastor, would say, Ava, look up, look up. Mm-hmm. And yes. she's four years old at the time. So she looked like straight up into the sun. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look ahead. Yeah. Look yeah. forward. And as she did that, she found that she was able to navigate better. Not as she looked towards her work, but as she looked to where Ooh. she was going. And I think Hebrews, the author, mm-hmm. is saying, hey, y'all, like, yo, yo, Rachel and Amanda and John, like, look ahead. Look ahead. Yes, there is work for you to do, but you've got to consider Jesus. Look forward to what he has done, not Mm -hmm. only to your own work. So, yeah. Amen. Mm. Not about how hard we can pedal, is it? There we go. (laughs) Oh, that's so I'm so glad it's not. Mm. Uh, Right? Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to talk about rest. So many reasons. Mm -hmm, I'm so glad mm -hmm. it is not. So... One of the fun things to me about Hebrews can also be a frustrating thing, but like, right. is that there's a lot that we don't know. Yeah. Like, we don't know who wrote it. Right. Everyone has a theory. Everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know exactly when it was written. We think before the fall of Jerusalem, because otherwise that most certainly would have been mentioned. Right. So we think probably not long before that, right? Yeah. Is that the camp yeah, you're into? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And during, I mean, the Capital C Church was being persecuted right. yeah. then, which is always a really helpful contextual thing to remember when right. we're reading books like this. Which is yeah. why we'll read all the warnings and the like, the calls to perseverance and all right. of those things. Yeah yeah. 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 Do you have a, I mean, tell us your theory, John. Who do you well, think wrote it? So... I love the fact that we don't know I do too. who wrote it because it reminds us of just, yeah, how broad and expansive like mm-hmm. God can be in his plans, right? That's so right. the fact that this major book it's that provides such a warning and encouragement, yeah, is not to be attributed to Paul, somebody who has done great things, but it's like, it's literally anonymous, written by a no-name person to remind us that, yo, know, yeah, I think God reserves some of his greatest blessings in packages that are anonymous, unassuming, that mm-hmm. don't have the notoriety. Yeah. So I think it inspires us in the ordinary work that we do yes. to imagine what God could do with just the ordinary faithfulness. Yeah. So the mystery good. doesn't feel like a mistake. It right. Feels- it feels oh, on right. purpose. Uh, the mystery doesn't feel like a mistake. That's good. That'll preach. Yeah. I love Write it. Yeah. Down, Write it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. We've talked about, you know, like we just read Leviticus. And one of the things to note about Hebrews is that it quotes and refers back to the Old Testament oh, yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right? Like more than, is it more than any other I book think of the so, Bible? Yeah. yeah is that right? About, yeah. But a yeah. lot. Yeah, maybe not even in the direct quotes, but in the like tying the Old Testament practices to the person and work of Jesus. That by and large, that's Hebrews. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I was thinking this morning about like what would we not know about? Like what are the parts Mm. of the gospel that we would lack understanding about if we didn't have Hebrews? And I don't, I didn't come up with an answer to that question, (laughs) but there were just so many things that. You know, there are so many kind of greatest hits moments right. in this book yeah. that feel really important. So, John, you're a pastor yes. in your, your day job, among other things. I don't <laughs> think that pastoring can be a day job, but it is a whole life job. It day, nights, yeah. weekends, weekdays. All we the time. Um, yeah. And you're an entrepreneur, which yeah. is a fun yeah. fact. You do a lot of things. Yeah. You write, you speak, you do all the stuff. You have a podcast. If your congregation was about to open up the book of Hebrews, yeah. you know, you've kind of given us a little bit of a glimpse into this already, but 
what do you say as a pastor and you're looking at your congregation and you want to shepherd them well through this book of the Bible? What are some of the things that you say when we're yeah. getting ready to open these pages? Some of the things that I start with this is I help, I'm trying to bridge the gap and help people see our commonality, right? There's some things that change, but some things stay the same. And I think in Hebrews, you've got a group of people who find themselves presently understanding their Christianity, but not quite seeing the advantage of it. So there is a temptation to kind of throw off certain things in favor of being able to go back to, you know, Judaism or the way that things were, right? That there's sometimes mm-hmm. where as we wear this like garment of our faith, it can feel heavy and burdensome and that it doesn't provide the immediate relief that we're after. And so our temptation often is to reject God's mercy in Christ and go backwards and try to find relief somewhere else, right? And so Hebrews is constantly going to say, oh, no, 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 listen, 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 listen. Let me just go back to all of the things that you're going to look for answers for and let me take them in one hand. Let me compare them to Jesus in this hand, show you how Jesus is better. And now I say, oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, pick, pick. Right. Like oftentimes, like we run to things that we think will provide us relief, not because we're just like, you know, sinful or not because we have this high handed rebellion against God. Sometimes we run towards those things just because we're ignorant and that we don't really know how Christ is better. And so Hebrews is this gentle but stern Comparison. No, 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 no. Look, drop that. Let me show you how this is better. Yeah. So it's yeah. an apologetic for Christ. So as I would bring this to my church, it would say, no, no, listen, we're all looking for relief somewhere. Let me just show yeah. you how Jesus is that relief. Let me show you mm-hmm. my work and not just give you the answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Oh, show you my work. Like math class. And, yeah. I mean, and this really is like, let me show you my work. Oh, That's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think about books of the Bible and their famous opening lines. Mm. And I think about like Genesis 1-1, you know, obviously John 1-1 that's so right. similar. Yeah. Um, like we just read Ruth together as a community and even oh, like the way goodness. that that opened, that just went yeah. like, right. and, like that story like took a quick turn. Yeah. But yeah. the opening line of Hebrews, mm. I just think it's so it's Beautiful. like a, it's like the trailer for an epic film, yes. right? You know, yeah, can you yeah. read it in that voice? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Star Wars esque, yeah. right? Where the words are flowing. That up makes the me screen. want. Uh-huh. Have you read it, John? Because uh, your voice is deeper than ours. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're doing a movie trailer here. But would you read for us the first, let's say, four verses yeah. Yeah. of Hebrews to get yeah. us started? I, I'm reading from the CSB. Is that fine? Is that what That's we're perfect. using That's here? Perfect. Same. Right, so, Thank yeah. you. Long ago. God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him the heir of all things and made the universe through him. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Mm. So he became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. Amen. Word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. There's so much I in mean, there I want to talk so about. We'll Can we spend, spend our whole hour talking about, about this? Right, right, right. It's right. just camp. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it wouldn't be the yeah. worst thing. No. Right. Oh, my goodness. So I think the first thing for me that jumps off of the page is this, like, God speaks, right? Like, Hallelujah. All through the Bible, when it comes to relationship with God, the beautiful thing is there is never a single person that initiates relationship with God. God is the initiator. God finds us. God speaks us. God's not shy. God's not an introvert. God doesn't have social anxiety, right? The creator of words has no problem using them and putting them together. So the first thing that jumps off of the page is, no, no, God speaks. God wants and has Mm -hmm. always wanted relationship with us. 
And he's been the one to make the first move, which at the end of the day should just kind of, yeah, for those of us that have an anxiety on what God thinks about us or how we feel, it should just cause our shoulders to drop as we remember. No, no, no. Oh, God speaks. God wants to enter into this dialogue and conversation with us. I love that. Like thinking about that, like it is a perpetual first move. Like the only thing we ever do is Mm, respond respond. to him. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. so good. He spoke by the prophets. You know, you think of all of the the Old Testament ways that God spoke, and then he spoke by his son. Son, Like God, uh, Jesus' life. Yeah. Right. An actual person was the Word, was God speaking. Mm. And I love this phrase where in verse 3, it says, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of His nature. Mm. Mm. And I just think that is so... I think that's an easy thing to forget, even as a Bible-believing, Bible-reading Christian, that Jesus is the exact expression because we so often feel like there is a separation between the God that we just read about in Leviticus and this Jesus. Yeah. But to remember, Jesus is God. Yeah. 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 You know, and yes. It's not some kind of like softer, kinder, chiller version of God or the cool version. Like that he's like, he'll wink at your sit. Like there's no version of that in Jesus. He is. All things exactly, the exact expression. Absolutely. And so what I love about this too, especially like we live in a world where people tend to kind of pit God's love and his wrath uh, against each other as if they're two different things. And so they'll look at the Old Testament and if that is a map of God's glory or who God is, they'll be like, ah, he's like wrathful in the New Testament gives us another map in Christ. What this helps us see is that, oh, no, 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 listen, it is one map and Jesus is the map key, right? So the way that you know that if you have a map turned upside down is you've got to look at that map key, all right? How does it orient you so that you see, oh, now I see how to look through this map. And as we look at Jesus as the map key, now we can orient all of what God has done, right, through this concept of, like, mercy, right? So it's like this, you know, Exodus ends off with the tabernacle, the holiness of God. People can't enter it because the glory of God is so thick. Right. Leviticus starts off with all these instructions on sacrifices Right. And we look and say, oh my goodness, why do we have to do this and this and this and this? Mm -hmm. But what we miss is that, oh, no, no, look, the point of that is God saying, oh, look, I'm speaking and giving you all these things so that you can enter and come close. So when we look at Christ, it's, oh, that's not God trying to keep us out with all these laws. That's God actually providing means for us to come close. And so when Jesus is the map key, you see this God is this God of love and mercy and grace, and he helps us understand what God is really like. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that. Yeah. And if the goal, you know, we talked a lot about when we were reading Leviticus that the the goal here is God's presence. Absolutely. To be able to dwell in God's presence. And so now in Hebrews, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of that and the guarantee of that, that we can be in God's presence. So all is detailed and complicated and endless as that sacrificial system was, he is even more perfect and fulfilling. You know, like he fulfills every requirement. That's right. Forever. That's right. Not just the one time, but for all time. That's our title for our study for the book of Hebrews is Once for All Time. Amen. Which can we just, I think the editorial team did this on purpose, but our title for Leviticus was They Will Be Forgiven. Which is from the text Mm -hmm. of Leviticus. From the text of Leviticus. Uh And then we answered that with Hebrews Once for All Time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Praise the Lord. What a tie. Praise the Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. One more quick thing before we go, just verses one and two. And yeah, I promise I'll let up. And like y'all said, we could spend an hour on on Uh this. The contrast there, right, even as you look through, right, not just the what in that God had spoke, but the who, right? Verse one, 
in the past, right? God spoke, but who did he speak to? He spoke to the fathers by the prophets in all of these ways. So there still was this thing where there was this selective group that God spoke to, and that mm-hmm. group now mediated God's word to all of us. So I can hear from God back then, but I heard from God through Moses and through Elijah yeah. and through what yeah. they said. But now in these last days in Christ, God hasn't just spoken to that group. God speaks to us, right? So the mm-hmm. access that the normal, ordinary person at the bottom of the totem pole realizing that, oh, no, 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 no. As a pastor, one thing that I try to share to folks all the time is I don't have any greater access to God than you do, right? We all have the same access to this great God. And that's just liberating and powerful because it reminds us, right, that it's, oh, no, no, no. I hear from God and I can hear from God through anybody else in the same way that people can hear from God through me. And it's freeing to know that you don't have to have all the answers. So, right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. Hey friends, taking a quick break to tell you that our Advent 2022 collection is now available in the shop. Go to shopsherootstruth.com slash Advent to find all of this year's Advent products, including our Advent study book for the she's, as well as a legacy book for the he's. There is an Advent greeting card set that features all of those wonderful, whimsical, beautiful illustrations from the Advent study book. I am in love with that card set. And if you want to involve the whole family in your Advent experience this week, we would love for you to do that. So be sure to check out the Kids Read Truth Advent bundle. It includes the ornament set as well as our This is the Christmas Storybook. Y'all, it's too much stuff to list, but just go to shopshereadstruth.com slash advent and check out the entire collection. And as always, remember the best way for you to secure your book, including your Advent book, is to sign up for our monthly subscription box. The Advent book will come in your November sub box with an exclusive Christmas gift from us. November 15th is the last day to order your book and receive it in time before the plan starts on November 27th with standard shipping. So go to shopshereadstruth.com for all the things. Hey friends, do you want to keep opening your Bibles, but you're not sure where to start or what to read next? The She Reads Truth subscription box makes daily Bible reading easy. Sign up and we will send you our newest study book every month so that you never have to wonder what to read next. We will help you be a woman in the Word of God every day. Just visit shopshereadstruth.com slash subbox, that's S-U-B-B-O-X, and get your monthly subscription today. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for our text message program. That is the best way to get early bird access to all of our biggest deals, restock alerts, special offers, all the things. That's shopshereadstruth.com slash subbox. All right, back to the show. So you guys that'll be reading with us, I mean, if you listen to this on Monday, the date releases, you'll be reading Hebrews 1, and you'll see if you have a study book that, I mean, we already mentioned, there's so much tie to the Old Testament in the book of Hebrews. So you'll see, like, page 19 is the first bit of reading for the week, and all of the Old Testament passages are in bold, and then yeah. right next to them are the references for those. So the, it's just like this really like, let us make this really plain, really easy to see. I appreciated that as a reader. Yeah. It's just go like, oh, that's Psalms, that's Second Samuel, that's Deuteronomy. Right. And just to see like, one thing that we know, we don't know a lot about the author of the book of Hebrews, right. but this person knew their Bible. Oh, yes, they did. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh goodness! Okay, dare we move to chapter I mean, two? I know this is hard. It's, you, this is one of those where you feel like you skip a paragraph and you're like, know, "How dare!" I've done a disservice to the text. <laughs> one more big chunk. One more yeah. big chunk. I'm sorry, oh, y'all. Told to jump in. Verses one through four. Yep. Verses I mean one through four. It is the greatest message. Look at this peace that we have with God. Jesus is seated in a place where there previously was not a seat. There is rest. There That's is right. peace. But then 5 through 14 is it's not just the greatest message. It's saying, no, no, y'all, listen, we have the greatest messenger, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. That it's like- I love that. that. The angels were the ones that on behalf of the king 
would deliver the message to the people. And then what he brings up is like, no, 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 look, whenever God talked about the angels, he talked to them as ministering spirits, servants. But then when he talks about Christ, he says, no, 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 your kingdom, your throne, that the king got up off of the throne and he came to deliver his own message. He didn't Mm -hmm. send it through anybody else, but the messenger that we have is the greatest one. So his word is more reliable. This is not a game of telephone where anything gets Mm -hmm. lost in translation, right? This is God himself saying, I want to make sure you hear exactly what I have for you. So I'm going to come to your front door. And I just think that is powerful. There's no lag in the internet connection. There's no way that the (laughs) message of mercy gets thrown off, right? God Mm -hmm. comes himself embodied to us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You never have to apologize for uh, talking more about scripture. No, 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 no. My goodness. It's so, so good. Okay. So turning the page to day two, Hebrews chapter two, the first of five warnings, the book of Hebrews has five warnings in it. And the first one is against... It's a warning against neglect. And this neglect is not maybe what you think it is, but it's saying like Christ is all God and he is all man and don't neglect either truth and tend to to the truth of those things. Right, yeah. Yeah. So the Hebrews 2 verse 1 starts, for this reason, which is everything we just talked about, right? (laughs) Right. That's the reason. For that reason. Who Jesus is. For this reason... We must pay attention all the more to Mm. what we have heard so that we will not drift away. For if the message spoken through angels, like Mm -hmm. you just said, John, was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is such an interesting... You know, Hebrews both does this, where it sort of like lights a little fire under us and says... You better pay attention. You got to right. stay awake. You got to hang on to the truth. Yeah. You got to remember this that you've learned and, you know, this that you were talking about. Like, but don't look at the pedals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. talk to us about that as yeah. a this is not a new topic for you as a pastor no, to so, balance that. Yeah, so it's like even taking the metaphor of lighting a fire that a mm-hmm. fire, right? You can light it under somebody to warn them with an N, right? Warn. Hey, I want you to know, don't neglect this. But what he does is he doesn't just warn us with these fires. He warms us with an M, right? That says, oh, no, 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 listen, look, look, look. It is a cold Mm. world out there trying to find relief. Let me show you, look, come close and I want to warm you. So in one sense, right, it starts off and says, no, no, listen, right? The chapter starts with, If people were punished because they neglected the word in angels, how much more when Christ comes, right? That's to warn you. But then he warms them at the end and says, no, no, look, but because Jesus came as a man, chapter two, verses 14 and 15 is going to say, no, he delivered all of us who were in bondage because of this fear that we had to death, right? He reminded us that for the believer Death is not a period. It doesn't end the sentence. Death is a comma, right? It continues. Mm. So even Mm. though like we don't fear death in the same way that the world fears death and make every decision based on self-preservation. So now I want you to know that I'm warning you, don't neglect what he says, but I'm warming you saying, no, no, no. If you come close, you're going to find the relief that your soul needs. Mm. And that's that. Yeah, balance that I feel like is so helpful. It's one part instruction and one part inspiration so that right. we come and obey God with a smile on our face, right? <laughs> Not gritting our teeth, right? Yeah. I mean, there's freedom. Man, I like in that, that worn and warm. Yes, That's cool. I do too. I mean, it reminds me, you know, there's a, we have a responsibility to guard and hold fast to this truth and we also experience the freedom that is ours right. in this truth. Mm, that it says, and the word free is even used there in the verses you reference in chapter 2, verse 14. Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these. Right. So that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, mm. and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. Mm. <laughs> Amen. 
I mean, that's a big There are so truth. It takes the whole book of Hebrews to say Absolutely. all the things that the book right. of Hebrews says. Right. <laughs> and even when this book says kind of similar things in different ways or even in similar ways, but somehow like the more you mine it and the more you read it, you're like, oh, that's actually, that nuance is important. It's critical that it said it this way this time as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like even earlier in chapter two, there is this line that just gripped me when I read it. It's from verse 9, but I'll back it up just a little bit. It oh. starts, For in subjecting everything to him, Jesus, he left nothing that is not subject to him. As it is, we do not yet see everything subjected to him, but we oh, do see oh. Jesus made lower than the angels for a short time, and this line gets me, so mm-hmm. that by God's grace he might taste death for everyone. Mm-hmm. crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. Tasting death for everyone mm-hmm. is an act of mm-hmm. God's grace. Oh, yeah. yeah. That I, one got me too. Yeah. And I then, love it when we have the same that, thing. Yeah, it's we like, have our right. like, Amanda's got hers all scribbled around. Right. And then going down a little further, like Amanda read this a little bit later in chapter two, but this caught me too, verse 11, for the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, Mm. saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. That we share a Father with Jesus, that He calls us brothers and sisters. Yeah. So I think it's such an amazing truth to be reminded that Jesus is not an only child, And God has no favorite children, right? Mm. So to really sit back and to say, no, the same way that those of us that have more than one kids, folks say, who's your favorite kid? And you say, no, 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 it's impossible. I love all of my kids. Mm -hmm. It's God saying, right? Jesus is echoing the sentiments of God when he says, no, Father, you've loved them or just as you've loved me, right? And John that to be called God's child is to have this status of love and affection that's on par with Jesus himself, and that whenever we doubt how God feels about us, we remind ourselves God is perfect. God doesn't have any favorite children. So the way that God looks at Jesus is the way that God looks at me. And that's exactly that's, right. Oh, my goodness. I mean, thinking about just like going back to chapter one, which we're making backwards progress if we can be, but still, but like he's the exact impression. Like that's one of the things like about our kids, whether by birth or adoption, like they're an impression of us. We are raising them. We give them our names. Mm. And we're not the exact impression of God, except that by Jesus, he imputes his beauty to us. And so we get to also be, like we get to be in the image of God. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And we went ahead and used the word imputes today. So Come on, right. do it. Hey. All I right. love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you get a gold star for that, Rachel. The $10 word. Yeah, yeah. I'm you a gold star. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that stuck out to me about verse 8 and 9, in the same way that y'all had, I mean, I had that all marked up here. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just says this, right, for in subjecting everything to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. So that means, no, no, Jesus is reigning and ruling right Hallelujah. now. But he goes on and says this, as it is. We do not yet see everything subjected to him, but verse 9 says, but we do see Jesus. And I think just that concept of right faith, it's going to make its way through this book, and it's going to be highlighted in chapter 11, but that is what faith does. It reminds us that we have something very real that we don't have right now, and so in that way, it's like we're reminded of the riches that we have in Christ by looking not to our surroundings, what the world Mm -hmm. looks like right now, but to looking to Jesus, right? And it's like a check, right? That Mm -hmm. when you have a check, a check is a promissory note, promise. So if somebody writes you a check for $22 million, you would get the check and you would say, I'm rich. But the problem is right now, you don't have the bags of money that you can like Scrooge McDuck dive into, (laughs) but you know... (laughs) But you do know, no, 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 if somebody reliable has signed that check, then even though I don't have the bags of money right now, I look to the check and I know what I have. And God has signed that check with his blood, right? Christ has signed that check with his blood. So that faith tells us, oh, reality, I determine that as I look to Jesus, not as I look to my 
surroundings. He is ruling and reigning right now, regardless of the political landscape, regardless right. of the frustration, mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of the state of our marriages, regardless of the state of our kids, regardless of our neighborhoods or schools. Jesus is ruling and reigning, and that should provide mm-hmm. some of the relief that we need right now. John, I just read that verse out loud, and yeah. I needed to hear you read it out loud to oh. us. Like, I'm reading it again, verse 8, for in subjecting everything to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. Mm-hmm. As it is, we do not yet see everything subjected to him, but we do see Jesus. I think that's one of the things that Ooh. can be really frustrating for us as humans <laughs> waiting for Christ to return is like... Mm. We long to see, even if we don't phrase it that way, like we long to see everything subjected Mm, to Jesus, like to see that in action and to see justice in its like purity and to see all things made new. Like we long to see that and we don't yet see it. And that is one of the things that I think can make us doubt yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. that Jesus is who He says He is yeah. and that He's doing what He says that He's doing. And I yeah. think that's just another case for this letter right? Yeah. <laughs> to the Hebrews to say, like, you have to remember, because at the same time, we're not looking at how fast our feet are pedaling. We're also right. not looking... Like looking around us. us. If if you look around you too much, you also crash. And so, you know, and it's not to be ignorant, but it is to, we can only really focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's that truth that we cannot see. It's the faith. It's the truth Mm -hmm. that this already does exist and that the language isn't will make all things new. That is true, but is making. I am making all Mm -hmm. things new. Absolutely. Actively. Mm. Amen. So we've made it through two days. There we go. (laughs) Well, I want to talk about, I want to move to chapter three because I want to hear from you, John, on like, so at the beginning of chapter three, where the writer is saying, you know, consider Jesus, apostle and priest of our confession. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was in all God's household. For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. But what I want to get to is here in in verse 6, but Christ was faithful as a son over his household, and we are that household, just like you described, mm-hmm. yeah. if, the ifs get me, you know, yeah. and we are that household if we hold on to our confidence and the hope in which we boast. Yeah. So That's like I wrote in the margin yeah. here that like, my job is to hold on. Right. And... I know also that Jesus holds on to me. <laughs> right, right. So what does that look like? Yeah. Part of that is, um, and I think, I forget who says it. I think it's John Stott or J.I. Packer where he says, at the end of the day, right, my assurance doesn't come with how hard I hold on to Jesus, but how hard he holds on to me. Right. That's so right. Amen. It's his grip more than my grip that's going to go. save Thank me. You. But yeah. what it does is when I believe that truth, then I do all that I can not to let go. Right. That's right. That it is this, you know, my perseverance and my hope is not just fueled by, but it's a sign of my faith, right? That my faith, right. that the only way that I'm saved is by Christ, right? works its way out, not just through our mouth, but through our knuckles, right? Through the tightness (laughs) of our grip Uh to him. And what I love too is like this, right? The chapter split in half, verses one through six, it talks about, but Christ was faithful as a son over his household. And we are that household if we hold on to our confidence and the hope in which we boast. So he's trying to, or he or she, right? We don't know who Hmm. wrote it. They are trying to encourage us to hold on to that faith, not let go. And this is what I love. Verse 12, right? Mm -hmm. Verse 12 says this. All right. Watch out, brothers and sisters. So this is a plural watch out. So this Mm -hmm. ain't. This is, yeah, all y'all watch out so that there won't be in any of you singular, an unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God but encourage each other daily so that while it is 
called today hmm. so that none singular of you is hardened by sin's deception. So here's what we see, right? The solution to being able to hold on is wrapped up in the community of faith. So individual yeah. perseverance mm -hmm. is a communal project, right? This That's is right. a group assignment that we have to make sure that everybody holds on to their faith. So if one to six causes us anxiety to just say, I just don't know if my grip is firm enough versus seven right through the end is God say, oh, no, 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 no. But the reason why I've placed you in a group is because nobody's grip is firm enough in and of themselves. And so the task of the whole group is to make sure that everybody's knuckles are strong enough and they hold on. And when they're tempted to let it go, y'all have to come around them and say, no, 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 listen, don't forget don't let go. There's no relief out there. And just the blessing and the foresight of God to make our relationship to him, right? This communal thing, which takes it back to the beginning. God made Adam. Adam was perfect. Mm -hmm. And the first time that God looks down and says something is not good is before sin comes into the world is when Adam is by himself and God says, this is not good. If you're ever going to be in the type of relationship with me that I want, it's going to require you being in relationship with somebody else. And we see that here. God's saying, mm -hmm. no, no, listen, y'all were made for community and the yeah. community of faith was made mm -hmm. for you to uphold you, right? Man, that group assignment comment <laughs> is going to stay with me. Like, because this is what I, and I think I'm not alone in this, have the tendency to do is to make faith such an insular, like, oh my goodness. private thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the devil, man, he will latch on to that, mm -hmm. and yeah. he will say to you, like, yep, mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. It is all about how tight you hold on. And not only that, it's about you doing it all exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Levitical, the sacrificial system, you have your own version of that, that you got to keep rolling if yeah. you're going to be in God's presence. And that is just false. It's false, 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 false. No, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oof, this is good, Small y'all. Small story, if oh, I may. good. Tell us a story. Okay. Oh, yeah, let's. Seven and a half years ago, six weeks before we planted the church that I pastor right now, my older brother died. He was 32 years old, oh, in the wow. best shape of his life, suddenly, in his car, just fell asleep, didn't wake back up, gone. Six weeks before getting ready to start this church, my life was a wreck from there on out. But I still went through and I felt this need to, nah, I got to pedal. I, I got to start this church, right? I've got to hold on tightly with my faith. The week before the church is getting ready to start, me and my wife get into one of the biggest fights of our lives. And as it takes place, none of us remember what the fight was about. We just know it was big enough. Part of it was I was just depressed and on the wrong side of every door that when she asked me how I was, I said she was being invasive. When she mm -hmm. didn't ask me, mm -hmm. I said she didn't care. And I was doing my best to push her away. And uh, on a Saturday, I did. And she was like, I've just got to go. And I was like, well, let me help you pack. And she left. And when I tell mm. you immediately, I realized the mistake that I made. And so instantly, I was at the lowest place of my life. So I think this is one of the only times in my life that I feel like I've ever been close to being suicidal. And the first thing that I do is I text Richard, Tripp, and Mo, who are pastors guys that were going to help plant this church, some of my best friends in the world. And before planting this church, we decided not just to plant this church together, but to all buy homes in the same neighborhood. So after I text them, four minutes later, all three of them are at my front doorstep. Wow. And they were the ones that helped me hold on to hope. And in recent years, I've realized the difference when you're that low the difference between people showing up at your front doorstep in four minutes and people showing up at your front doorstep in 30 minutes is the difference between suicidal thoughts and a suicide mm -hmm. attempt. And I forever realized that it was like, oh, no, God, this is what you mean by see to it that nobody falls short of the grace of God or lives with this unbelieving heart that in the moment that that unbelief crept in. I was surrounded by people who are at my front doorstep four minutes later, encouraging me 
to hold on, to repent, to apologize, to accept the grace of God. And that forever changed how I feel about this verse and just the wisdom that God gives us in this being a group project. I would not have held on to God's faith if it were not for Richard, Tripp, and Mo in that season. Wow. Thank the Lord for those men, those brothers. Amen. And you still pastor together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, thank you for sharing that yeah, story, yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. And thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Like, Amen. above all, like, brother Jesus, like Amen. our elder brother, Amen. right there among you guys, yeah. like, brother in arms, right Holds there. On to us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's so good. Mm. I think that we can all kind of think about, all right, if I had to think about what is my, like, when was I my lowest low? Right. And I think we can all come up with some yeah. a time, yeah. right? And or so, maybe multiple times. Yeah. Right. At yeah. least one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's actually a super beautiful segue into the mm. chapter four, talking Amen. about God's rest. Because sometimes all you want is rest. rest. Like you that's what you wanted. You right? used the word relief yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. Like you wanted rest and relief from your circumstances, from your pain. you know, your pain from yourself. Yeah. And, you know, and then we have this not super easy to understand passage yeah. <laughs> about, you know, the rest that God yeah. promises us. Yeah. And we know that there are kind of this is rest on a couple of levels. Right. Right? Like there's an eternal rest that waits for us that is secured in heaven for us. Yeah. But I think also what this passage speaks of is like a right now rest yeah. right? that is ours. I read this a couple of times preparing for this recording, but I read it again this morning. And I think it just it changed the way that I think of rest. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. the way that I think of what God has for us. Yeah. And we know that there are lots of really solid themes in Scripture, like the theme of God's presence, that like we begin with the presence of God and we end with the presence of God, or yeah. this theme of restoration, this mm-hmm. reconciliation. Mm-hmm. But right. I don't think I had tied that rest theme, that the end game of all of those things, that presence, that reconciliation yeah. is for the purpose of rest. Right. Like, I think that for me, rest was tied only to Sabbath, right. and that it was like, well, every week we, you know, we do this. It was more of a rhythm, yeah. rest that, so that we can keep going. Yes, right. or or rest so that we can go forward. So like either right. aim to it, which is really not biblical, or work from rest. Yeah. But either way, I thought of it as a rhythm. Yeah. And I think mm. that I hadn't thought of it as an aim and uh, as a present state of being. Mm, and amen. I mean, I drove to the office this morning. I have the privilege of working in the same office with my husband, yeah. and I went straight into his office, and I was like, you've got to hear this. And I sat down, <laughs> and I read the entire chapter four of Hebrews to him, and I was like, this is just ministering to me so much that he wants the kind of rest for us that we can't provide ourselves, that the world cannot offer. Right. We will chase comfort all day long, mm. and we cannot find the comfort that Ooh, he provides. comfort is different right. from rest. That's true. Oh. That's yeah. true, but yeah. it's all of those uh, yeah. things. I mean, yeah. I'm just telling you, like, that hurts a little. I <laughs> think that I'm changed by reading this chapter, yeah. and I'm changed in the way that I think of the Lord and what He wants for me and has right. kept for me and offers me that I don't remember to receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that you said is, that's it, right? That's our world. Comfort is something that we have to chase, right? And this is what makes God's rest different, right? It's His goodness and mercy that follow us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, even in verses one and two, right? As he says, look, therefore, since the promise to enter rest remains, let us beware that none of you be found to have fallen short. For we have also received the good news just as they did. It's about a reception. But the message they heard did not benefit them since they were not united with those who heard it in faith. For we who have believed enter into the rest in keeping with what he said. And he goes on, but you just hear about the language of rest being, no, no, this is something that was promised to us, something that was Mm -hmm. established, something that was prepared. It's not something that we chase or work for. This is not paid time off, right? It's not, all right, you do this work and then you get this amount of PTO that'll refresh you Mm -hmm. for the other work that you have to Mm -hmm. do. This is, oh, no, no, something that's been promised by God and something that's been 
provided, right? It's been Amazon Prime, the right to our front doorstep <laughs> for us just to receive and to take yeah, advantage of. Not as a rhythm, but like you said, as an aim, like this is the goal. This is God's goal for creation, this eternal rest. Yeah, yeah. Like you were saying, Rachel, the thing that I had not connected in the past was this portion of scripture talking about rest. Mm. And then I thought it was curious. It caught me off guard when Hebrews 4.12, which in the work that we're in is we never know that quite one backwards far and forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. from the conversation, yeah. you know, that it goes. So I'll just read that transition. So at verse 11, let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. Verse 12, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So there's this progression where rest is tied to faith, Mm -hmm. right? That those who have believed enter the rest. That's right. And then there is this phrase that is so curious, like make every effort to (laughs) enter the rest. It's like, well, wait a minute, effort, rest. But then, because my question to myself was like, how? How do we make every effort? And then it's right there. For the word of God, right, right, is living and effective. So the that word of means God, something, right? Yeah. The word of God, the capital W word, Jesus, and God's word in Scripture, mm. that it helps to facilitate that rest. It helps to right. facilitate that belief and that faith yeah. and that it kind of integrity of the heart that is described here, where we're all exposed, like right. God knows it all. Yeah, mm. and so that sort of connection between the word. And this promised rest, hmm. I don't think I'd seen that. Right. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Before. Amen. Amen. There's something about this book of the Bible that I can't see the same things twice. It's like right. a connect the dots. It, <laughs> right. it makes yeah. all. It makes a bunch of different. Pictures. Like when understand. we read, I can't remember which book of the Bible talks about this. You guys probably do, where it's like in their face, like their eyes are veiled, like they can't yeah. understand what they're reading, and then like it almost in some ways feels like that to me when I read Hebrews, where like, right. wait, I saw this thing and now I don't see it, but then I saw it again the next. Like the Holy Spirit is amazing, and Amen. like what a present helper in mm-hmm. reading Scripture, Amen. and that He shows me the things for me to see Amen. when I need to see them. And it's just so intimately kind. Right. Pretty believable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we don't always stick the landing on looking through to like all five days, John, right. when we're hey, when we're talking about it. this. But I feel like we just cannot we can't not read you know the Hebrews for those last <sighs> few verses. Right. Especially having just read Leviticus. No kidding. Right. Yeah. And then there is this picture of Jesus completing the impossible thing. Right. Of atonement for right. us. Right. John, will you read this for yeah. us? And then like those of you listening who did read Leviticus with us, or even if you didn't, but maybe have an understanding of that book and that context, listen for like just the way that this New Testament letter is going. All of these Old Testament practices are answered and completed in Christ in a way that he is not only the perfect great high priest, but he is the sacrifice itself. Like unbelievable. John, will you just read as the Spirit leads? (laughs) Yeah. Let's read. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. Goodness. That's right. The place we couldn't go, we're now like, go with boldness. Go with Go with confidence. Yeah. And isn't it amazing how he laid all of this stuff out, and because of Jesus, this map key, now 
what we were scared of as a throne of judgment, stay away, keep away. He's saying, no, 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 this is a throne of grace. So in our time of need, no, no, don't run away from it. Don't in your time of need, stay away because you feel like you've failed, you've messed up, you're disqualified, you can't come. It's like, no, 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 in those times of need, you're able to come and approach because Jesus's work now is the open invitation like to God's front porch in that way. Like Jesus has left the porch light on so that as we find ourselves walking through the darkness of life, Mm -hmm. we look up and see, oh, no, no, no. It's an invitation for us to come up, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a fence to Mm -hmm. keep us out. Yeah. Even that line, John, like the thing that I've appreciated about you in this hour that I appreciate so much about so many pastors who have ministered to me in my lifetime is that you are a real human (laughs) and that you shared with us some like real human like pain and like, and some stories that I imagine, John, your congregation appreciates about you. No one Uh, would wish any of that for you, but the fact that you can sympathize with their weaknesses and their pain, that you also have felt what it feels like to feel pain or temptation. And then the Hebrews drills that home and goes, just because he's the perfect high priest, just because he's the perfect sacrifice, doesn't mean that he doesn't get you, that he isn't also perfect in that he sympathizes with your weaknesses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's a in the Gospel of Mark, when Jesus is going to pray in the garden, what I love is that in Mark 14, when he gets close— it says that he brings Peter, James, and John with him. So he doesn't bring all 12, he brings them. Why does he bring them? Earlier, Jesus had said, Peter, Satan wants to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. And Peter basically tells Jesus, you can keep your prayers, I have my resolve. Prayers are for people that are weak Mm -hmm. and scared and afraid. James and John in Mark 10 try to bolster up their resume so that Jesus will let them sit at their right and their left. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. In Mark chapter 14, the narrator says, and Jesus was deeply distressed and troubled in spirit. So the dope thing about that is narrators let you know what goes on on the inside Mm -hmm. of somebody without them saying it. But then right after that, Jesus pulls them aside and he says, I'm deeply distressed to the point of death. He could have kept that weakness on the inside and perpetuated the notion that as being the son of God, being a man, he didn't feel fear, but he knew letting off the fact that he was some Superman wasn't going to help the people that came with him, that the people that followed him the same way, the people that follow us are often more impacted by the weaknesses that we share with them than by the wisdom that we hurl at them. And Jesus like, had given this invitation for these people to be weak, and they'd never return the RSVP. And Jesus hmm. is, is going to say, no, no, look, 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 I'm going to show you that the weakness that lies behind your veneer of bravado, it's okay to have. And the thing to do with that is not to hide it. The thing to do with that is to be let, like, let that thing be the magnet that draws you closer and closer to who God is. And so it just gives us this freedom to be honest because we're not sharing our weakness with somebody that's going to reprimand us for it. We're sharing it with somebody that says, oh, no, no, listen, I know exactly what that was like. And let me show you how you move past it. And that's just comforting for us to be able to be our full and true selves with the Lord Jesus. Mm. That is so beautiful. And John, thank you. <laughs> just the way, John, that you have helped to just make this book of the Bible that can feel a little academic at right, times, yeah. like kind of tough to, right. you know, to sort It's like, wait, is this like a seminary class or right. a book of the Bible? Like, what's going <laughs> right, on here? Right, right. But you've just really helped just make that accessible and oh, inviting yeah. and just highlighting Jesus. We know that Jesus is all over the book of Hebrews, but just to hold him high, and I'm just really grateful. Thank you. Amen. Thank you all. Oh, my goodness. I always am sad when the hour is over. Are we going to do this again next week? I know, we do. So we are coming back next week for week two of the book of Hebrews with Kelly Minter, a friend of the podcast, as (laughs) we say. And so that'll be coming next Monday. But 
before next Monday, y'all, this is this Monday. And you are men and women in the Word of God every day this week. And y'all are, you have this week of Bible reading ahead of you that is just unreal. Like the synthesizing of the book of Hebrews with the rest of Scripture, it lies ahead of you. And there are going to be a lot of obstacles and reasons this week to not open your Bibles. (laughs) And I want to encourage you that the best way that you can spend your time is going to the Word, the capital W Word and the Word of God. This week is going to be beautiful, and I'm excited for y'all. All right, friends, come back next week, but you know what we say. Until next week, John, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bible.